Hi, everybody, and thanks so much for listening today to my written series episodes, the story of four women friends who have each other's backs through both the hilarious and the heartbreaking. Each episode is written and thus read from the first person perspective of one of the four women. Today's episode, episode four, is from Sabrina's perspective and is titled So Ambitious. And here we go. Episode 4, Sabrina, So Ambitious. Today's song is So Ambitious by Jay-Z and Pharrell. As the songs always are, This one is faint in my head at first as I throw up. I grasp the toilet bowl edges carefully with both hands. I cannot get any vomit on my blouse and definitely not on my Armani suit jacket. That's all you got, Sarah? That's all you coming with? Another wave comes up, orange and red. Your mama ain't nothing but a hoe. You ain't shit. You ain't ever gonna be shit. Neither you, nor your mama, nor your sister. It must be the spaghetti I had last night. My whole face contorts, strains, with the effort of my heaving. When I feel that my stomach is settled, I grope for the toilet handle, flush, try to stand, but I can only rock back and forth. This is my usual dance before closing arguments, though. I don't know why they make me so nervous, maybe because they're the last impression a jury has of one's case. The closing arguments are my specialty. Each one is a masterpiece, if I do say so myself. They make me crazy, though, and it's worse this time, too. Not only because this case is so big, but also because I can't figure out my opening lines. I mean, I have some, but I'm not totally crazy about them. This has never happened to me before, me not totally feeling my opening lines. That's because you ain't shit, girl. And don't you never forget that neither. Shut up, I say to my past. I stagger to my feet, my heels staccato clicking as I turn around, look in the mirror. The eyes I see are haggard and wild. What am I going to do? Not a motherfucking thing. Ain't nothing you can do because you stupid. Got shit for brains. You're going to be just like your mama, good for one thing, laying on your back. I put my hands on the sink. You listen up, bitch, I say to the woman I see in the mirror. This is the biggest case of your life, and you're almost finished with it. You just have to close this thing out with an awesome closing argument. We've got five minutes to figure this shit out, and we can do it. You damn sure haven't come this far to lose, so fuck losing. Got it? I nod obediently at myself. Good, I say to her in the mirror. I exhale hard through my mouth. I know what I have to do next, so I make sure the single stall bathroom is locked. I don't know why I have to do this, but I just do. It helps me hear the music louder. I pick my blouse out of my pants. I look at my waist, trim, not a millimeter extra of fat. I pinch both sides, 
squeezing tighter and tighter. And then I dig my nails in until I draw blood, until I know I will leave scars. Only when I'm about to scream do I release my flesh, panting. And I hear the music louder and louder and louder. Tell the Jay-Z and Pharrell, because my motivation sure is them telling me what I couldn't be. Fuck them. And fuck Sarah, too. She died a long time ago anyway. Three minutes left. I look at the mirror. You wipe your face, I say to the woman in it. She dabs her face carefully. Fix your hair. She smooths back her hair. Not one flyaway in sight. Her bun is perfect. I look the woman fully in her face. Lean forward. I say to her, you kill their asses. The woman nods solemnly. She will do anything for me. She always has. Help me with my opening lines. I say to her quietly. One minute left. I open my purse, find my lipstick, my eyeliner, reapply both. I stare at myself. I am the winningest lawyer at my firm. I've won my last 16 cases. My streak will not be broken today. I'll just go with what I have for my opening. It's still good. It's really very good, actually. And I know I've presented a strong case. I take a deep breath. I am a murderer, but I don't have a gun. Or a skillet, for that matter. I don't need a weapon this time. This time, I have words. And this time, they are enough. As always, the music is louder now. Hmm. Dear teacher, I grin in the mirror. I've got my opening lines. My boss, Scotty Denver, waits outside the courtroom for me. Scotty, I say. This is a big one, Sabrina, and you have Carver to deal with, he says. His eyes burn into mine. What do you think? Honestly, I say. Yes, honestly. We've got 7.5 million on the line here. Well, I say, I think Carver's a smug piece of shit. He is, Scotty says. I look at him. Scotty, I say, I'm going to rip out his innards and those of his clients, too. Scotty's eyes widen a moment, and then he chuckles, shaking his head. Bring it home for us, then. I hear the bass pumping above the din as I enter the courtroom, above the blood pounding in my ears. As always, the walk from the back of the courtroom to the front, to my chair, is the longest. But as always, the Red Sea parts from me, and I walk accompanied by dark angels on either side, feeling the scratches on either side of my waist. Sarah no longer exists because I killed that kitchen bitch. I am Sabrina Wright now, and Sabrina Wright graduated summa cum laude from Duke Law School, y'all. And Sabrina Wright is the winningest lawyer at her firm, the oh-so-prestigious Schmoller in Denver, y'all. And Sabrina Wright has won her last 16 cases, and now that I know how I'm changing my opening lines, that streak will not be broken, y'all. Not today, it won't. The jury walks in. We stand. You think you can do this? Mary, my client, whispers. She's nervous. 
Her glance slides to the defendant's table. I turn. There are many men sitting at that table, many men in suits. The infamously undercutting defense attorney, Brian Carver, grins wolfishly at me, but the music swells now. Yes, I say, I know we can do this, and I mean that with every fiber of my being. Judge Wooster enters. All rise, says the bailiff. I glance once more at the defendant's table, at all those men. Brian's lips are still twisted. Arrogant piece of shit. I smile back this time. I already did the hard part in the bathroom. And now, I think, I'm going to gut the fuck out of you, Carver. And I'm going to love it. Because now, I am the music. We're ready to proceed, says Judge Wooster moments later. He looks at me, his caterpillar eyebrows raised. Ms. Wright, you're ready for closing arguments now. I stand. I am, Your Honor. May it please the court. When I was in third grade, I began moments later, I won my class spelling bee. I also won around the world during our history class, and I got the highest grade on all the math tests. And yet, do you know that at the end of the year, I tapped the edge of the jury box, it was Rodney Zill who received the best student award in class? Now, I don't know about any of you, but to me, it just didn't seem fair, you know? Juror numbers 7, 10, 2, and 12 chuckle out loud, while juror numbers 1, 4, and 5 smile. But when I asked Ms. Silverman, my teacher, about her decision, she explained that Rodney was chosen simply, I shrug, because that was her reason, that essentially she didn't have to give me a reason. What she was saying was, Sabrina, there will be no accountability here. There will be no fairness. What I don't add is how she looked me up and down, pity in her eyes for me, for my sister, how sometimes she'd bring me food, and that she'd called me Sarah. But here's the thing about this sad story. I go on now, my voice strong. It's simple. It's easy to understand. What should have happened is pretty clear. And here's the thing about my client, Mary Torley's story. It's the exact same thing. Simple, easy to understand, and what needs to happen is clear. Ringer, Waterman, Shaw, and Danforth must be held accountable for violating the Equal Pay Act and failing to pay Ms. Torley the same amount as her male counterparts. I know we've been here all month, ladies and gentlemen, but I want to boil down the essence of our case to two sentences. Ms. Torley made Ringer, Waterman, Shaw, and Danforth the most money last year. And yet, last year, I tapped the edge of the jury box again, Ms. Torley was the only executive who did not receive a raise. I don't know about any of you, but to me, that just doesn't seem fair. Now, you're going to hear a lot of fancy-sounding information from Mr. Carver in a few minutes, courtesy of yet another PowerPoint presentation. I push away from the jury box, making my way across the room, making eye contact with all of the men at the defendant's table, including Carver, as I pass. He smirks at me. Fucking smug bastard. Because we've definitely seen, I continue, that Mr. Carver likes his PowerPoint presentations over the last few weeks. Have we not, ladies and gentlemen? 
Chuckles from a couple of the women. A smirk from one of the men. Good. This time, though, I say, he's going to go overboard presenting number after number after number to you in the hopes of confusing you and turning you away from the only numbers you really need to remember. 50 million and 38 million. 50 million, I say, is how much Mary Torley made Ringer Waterman last year. 38 million is how much all the gentlemen sitting at that table made Ringer Waterman. And that's 38 million combined. 50 million, 38 million. I emphasize the discrepancy in the numbers by raising one palm as I lower the other. Let's break it down even further, I go on. Mary Torley made Ringer Waterman 50 million last year and received no raise. Matthew Yeager made Ringer Waterman 15 million last year and received a $25,000 raise. Mary Torley made Ringer Waterman $50 million last year and received no raise. Thomas Esten made Ringer Waterman $19 million last year and received a $34,000 raise. Mary Torley made Ringer Waterman $50 million last year and received no raise. Eric Underly made Ringer Waterman $4 million, $4 million last year, and he received an $11,000 raise. So no matter what other numbers or how many numbers Mr. Carver throws at you, this case is simple. And so is the reason we're here, I say. It's time to bring it home now. We are here because Ringer Waterman broke the law, I say. And Ringer Waterman, however powerful and successful a venture capital firm it may be, is not above the law. It must adhere to the same standards as all employees, which requires that the same standards for promotion be applied to men, I pause here, make eye contact with the women on the jury, and to women. Ms. Torley was a hardworking, incredibly thoughtful, productive employee at Ringer Waterman. It was Ms. Torley who generated more revenue for the firm than any of the men who were promoted last year. It was Ms. Torley who drove the returns. However, it was the men, I gesture to the defendant's table here, who received the promotions. This is not right. This is not fair. I turn back to the jurors. Ms. Torley must be awarded for her contributions to Ringer, Waterman, Shaw, and Danforth. Fortunately, my teacher, Ms. Silverman, isn't here to answer that despite the fact that Ms. Torley clearly made her firm the most money, a fact that Ringer Waterman doesn't even dispute, that she doesn't get a raise while the men do just because. Fortunately, you are here today. You're here now. So there is the opportunity today now for accountability. And there is the opportunity today now for fairness. And your job as jurors, your privilege, your duty is to award Ms. Torley what she deserves and what she should have gotten from Ringer, Waterman, Shaw, and Danforth. Return a verdict in favor of Ms. Torley. Thank you. I nod pleasantly to the jury. And on my way back to my chair, I find Scotty in the back.
He nods once, imperceptibly, and smiles. Hours later, I roll off of Brian Carver and reach for the glass of wine on my nightstand. Congrats on the day, he says, sitting up. That was a good closing. I know it was, I say. I take a sip of my wine. You're still an asshole, though. Brian smirks. As long as I lived up to my picture, which we both know I did, I'll take that. I glance at him, then at his member. You were impressive, I suppose. I showed your little picture to my friends last week and everything, I say. What you mean, little picture, he practically purrs. I'm about to retort when a phone rings. Oh, is that mine, he says quickly. I gotta make sure it's not my son. He's with his mom tonight and it's mine, I say, reaching across him to grab it off the other nightstand. He grabs my ass and bites it as I answer as professionally as I can. This is Sabrina Wright. Sarah, says a soft voice, and I stiffen. I want you again, Brian whispers, his fingers creeping lower. Sarah, it's me, Connie. Please don't. I hang up, power off the phone. Shit. How does she manage to find me this time? Everything okay? Brian asks. He rubs me gently. Yeah, I say. Everything is fine. Whatever it is she wants, she knows I'm not fooling with her. At all. You sure? Brian says. His fingers are insistent now. Connie's face flashes before me. She's laughing, and her face is my face, my mirror. Are you sure? She's saying, her eight-year-old voice high and clear as she points her water gun at me. I'm sure. I sing song back to her my voice always a little throatier than hers. Our voices were the only way people could tell us apart. I point my water gun back at her, and her face is my face, my mirror. You was born with your arm around her, my mother always reminded me. The doctor said he never seen anything like that before. I'm sure, I say now to Brian. I turn to him, kiss him hard. It was just a wrong number. Oh, that's good, counselor, he says, flipping me onto my stomach. Because I have another argument to settle with you. Thanks so much for listening to episode four of episodes. So as of now, you've met the four ladies of episodes. Jamie, who's communicating with someone who's not her husband. Sylvie, who is pregnant. Camille, who hates her job and Sabrina, who's just won a huge case and who's been contacted by a family member. If you're enjoying episodes, please subscribe and spread the word all the ways you can. And tune in next week for episode five, which will be Jamie's episode. Take it away, Arden. Thank you. One more info from my mommy. Please visit LeslieHiglis.com. Deuces.